If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Islanders country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fansided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at Isles Fix and subscribe to our Monday through Friday newsletter. And back for more is our permanent, full-time, recurring guest, the most positive Islander fan I know, Mr. <laughs> Andy Francis. How are you, sir? Doing all right. I, I, I must say... I hope you enjoy this one episode because I get sick about once every 10 years. You're literally looking at a guy who gets sick once a decade, and I'm feeling a little bit under the weather weather this week, so you may get a relatively tame version of me. Mm -hmm. So I'm just telling you, you better enjoy it while it lasts. And even with that said, I'll still uh, have a couple of things to say. Very interesting how... uh, I guess theoretically we got called out for for what a, a negative sort of tone about like You're a negative well, Nancy. How, how are those people feeling this last week? You think maybe they kind of joined the party after well, watching the last week? Well, listen, I got I got a lot of feedback on the new tandem here. They liked us together. They thought it was funny. That it was different. But people did feel that you were a bit too negative for you know. And this was we recorded right after a win. Which we're going to do, which we're doing here again tonight. We recorded after the Ottawa win, and you were you were so down, but you well, had you had foresight based upon how the next couple of games were going to look. My rebuttal is that you have to read between the lines. You have to. It was clear as day the troubles that were about to uh, show themselves to the Islanders. They were right there. This is sloppy play. I I mean okay so it, just tell me cuz if you want I can put make Listen, this a CBS Andy, morning show where we just lie to each other. Which one the the one with the trumpets on Sunday that's a good show with Jane Pauley. I watched that. That that makes me feel good about the world most times. Look, there's a legendary clip of Bill Burr when he was brought into a morning show and they said they said to him, uh, "Don't you think you're going a little too far with 
the jokes about the Catholic Church, and he goes, well, don't you think some of the people there went a little too far with what they did, too? And then, you know, it's like, all right, I'm never being invited back to a morning show. So if you want me to just no, say what they want what... to hear, then fine. Listen, I was preparing. It's obviously a 2-1 game, five minutes to go, Islanders and the Maple Leafs, and I'm ready for you to just be, you know, teeing you off to go hard on this team and i don't know can we still can you still do that after they pull out a 3-2 win with josh bailey and anthony bovillia the heroes tonight in toronto i mean once again they snatch victory from the jaws of defeat not the three goal comeback not the two goal comeback the one goal comeback in the game late wallstrom's throwing punches, getting everyone jazzed up. Clutterbuck's breaking hits records. The, Toronto makes a mistake. Bailey scores. And then Mr. Bovertime himself finally scores another goal and does something. And, and, I mean, is it okay to feel a little bit good? Salvage the road trip, four points. You're going home now Wednesday against Edmonton. Of course. You know, the Thanksgiving Day, you know, line in the sand. Where are the standings? Are you in playoff position? Now probably they are. I think people make the mistake of when they listen to people who are critical, they sometimes assume that that person like, is almost rooting for that. You think I, I'm like the person who can't tell my brother. I can't lie to him and say, well, you had a great game if he let in a couple my brother's a goalie, if he let in a couple of soft goals. You're not, you're not doing anything for anybody. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, this has nothing to do with hockey at all, and I'm sure everyone's going to appreciate this. Uh, when I was in 10th grade, sorry, I do like a comedy we- weekly comedy podcast, and I'm not trying to really bring anything from there. But when I was in 10th grade, uh, this girl at a block party asked me to walk around the block with her. I had no experience doing anything whatsoever. Uh, I go to kiss her, <laughs> and she, she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, what? She's like, relax with the tongue. Never in my life again, ever to this day, did I ever shove my tongue even anywhere that resembles too far into a girl's mouth. But if she never said anything to me, she go, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. I would have been I would have been like uh, uh, freaking venom down everyone's throat. You have to hear the truth or you're never going to be able to figure out what the hell the issue. See, is. I was worried that you were going to say that you were never going back to another block party. And that would have no. been a real shame. But okay, that wasn't the lesson that was learned. I mean, I haven't been to one in a good decade or so, but uh, I mean, I live in the suburbs now in Connecticut, and I mean, people don't know what a block is. I mean, I don't, I mean, block party, I mean, yeah, any street private driveway. So, so not (laughs) while people are cursing about me getting off. So, uh, then I will start with the exact positives that I'm happy to talk about. The season is a beyond marathon, so there are stretches where you can really look bad and it's all forgotten once you get to the critical part of the season and then once you get into the playoffs nobody will remember games 20 to 25 if you lollygagged it and came out with two points at the end they're just going to highlight your record and they're never going to really look at that stuff so that is a good thing so being able to accumulate points when you're playing bad hockey that is good that is without a shadow of a doubt good but then i like I almost want to ask the people because everybody is just so results oriented. What, what are they seeing? Like the people who would call me critical of the Islanders play. What, why are they, why would they tell me not to be critical? 
what are the reasons that I should be like, oh, no, everything's cool here? No, I hear you. Listen, I put in the newsletter on, on Monday morning. I called it starry-eyed, right? Just having a, a better uh, fabrication of as to how good of a situation you are as opposed to the, what's the practical reality uh, with the Islanders. And the fact that they won 9 of 11 games covered up, um, and obviously the elite goaltending, they cover up, covered up the, a lot of the underlying issues, or at least people didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. But, you know, you look at some of the advanced statistics around this team. I mean, five on five expected goals against, they're at the bottom of the league. They're next to last. Yep. Uh, I think only Anaheim is worse. And what saves them? It's their goaltending. I mean, Correct. even tonight, they're going to win. They won 3-2 in overtime. Certainly, Beauvillier and, and Bailey scoring those goals, and Clutterbuck will be the headlines. Sorokin bailed them out again. If Marner scores that goal in the third period, 3-1, and then they're locking it down, and that, that, that never happens. You're talking about on the power play, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and when we had a one nothing lead, how did they lose that lead? Oh, that's right. On the have well, they, eight seconds in, I mean, six seconds in against Nashville, eight penalty? seconds in. Can they go um, thirty seconds without giving up one? <laughs> a couple times in the kill. racing games. You know what? Everyone, everyone loved to bring up the penalty the kill at the beginning of the season. Record breaking. Okay. Why don't you give me their ranking in the league? As soon as they let in that first one against Colorado forward, where do they rank? Do you think? Because I mean, it's a goal game, pretty much. Yeah, it's guaranteed. Why? Because now the offense is on other teams. They started to develop their chemistry. They got their rhythm going. They've figured out the personnel that works on each power play unit. And then you're getting exposed for being like, the, it's, it's actually very, it's a microcosm of the actual team. It were at game. What number was tonight uh, on the, on the season? Roughly. Was it like game 21? nine? 21 no. was it How game much? 19 i think it's roughly <laughs> it's, it's about it's about game 19 game so it's 20 right around there game 20 oh, okay, 12 and yeah. 8 now okay so you're about a quarter way into the season okay tell me what's the islanders style what kind of game do, do the islanders bring and yeah, you asked the question last week too i couldn't give you a good answer of that and it's that the same time thing either. with the power play like are they <laughs> are they aggressive are they passive are they Right now, it just looks like they're nothing. They just sit there and allow the other team all the space that they need. In so many facets of the game, they're just showing no aggression. And I, I've said this to many people. With the Isles, I think their strength, when everybody's healthy, everybody's okay, they have three lines who can score. People are complaining uh, lately, uh, uh, specifically about Bavillier and then Bailey and then bringing up Johnston and saying, oh, that cripples that line. I'm going to tell people the same thing that I tell everyone. Okay, well, yeah, tell me about how, how the third line of Columbus is, is doing. Tell me about the third line on Dallas. Most teams can't rely on a third line at all. It's an absolute luxury that the Islanders have the third line that they do. So those issues aren't as big of a deal as I think other people are making them out to be. People are acting like you're supposed to have a 16 or I'm sorry, 12 forwards on a roster, all of which you can score. There's not a roster in the league like that. That is actually the strength of the Islanders. But the, the um, downside is because they don't have like a star laden first line. When things go bad, they look really bad because you don't have, I think I said this, but you don't have that line you can go to, to get out of a funk. You really just hope Barzal can lift whoever he's playing with to to something you and know? you know and lane lambert you know shuffled up the lines before tonight's game he had uh barzell with um andrews lee and you know oliver wallstrom and then, and then you know you look at you put bovillier and bailey two guys that were really struggling you put them with nelson on them on the second line 
And I, I'm not sure if I could say that it worked. I mean, I mean, the Bailey play is, uh, you know, him taking advantage of a of a miscue behind the net, had showed yep. some patience, made a really nice play, and then it's three on three. So, I, you know, five on five, did they really yep. generate a ton of chances and a ton of opportunities? I mean, I think I noticed Beauvillier more, more so this game than I had uh, in some prior ones, even before the goal. But, and they'll probably stick with those lines again, you know, after a win. But you know it's not not solved. I think I think the thing that worries me so much is just the defense. I mean, you know, we we spent three years of of this team being an elite defensive structure team um, and getting the elite goaltending. And the idea was you might give up a lot of shots, but you're not giving up a lot of high quality shots. And that's not the that's not the case right now. They're giving up a lot of high danger shots all the time. And um, the defense pair today, I mean, it led to a goal. Right, Aho and Dobson. It resulted come, in a goal, but I mean, but that's two offensive defensemen that really are probably your two least defensemen you could trust in your defensive zone. That's even there were there fine. were some opportunities with them on the ice that Toronto had, and 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 Sorokin uh, played well, or, or or things didn't materialize the way they could have. But uh, that's a little bit iffy. I, I mean, I guess maybe he's just, and I think Butch Goring said it on the on the broadcast, it just you know all his offensive eggs in the one basket with those two on defense and maybe try to stabilize the other two defensively. Maybe that was the thinking. That I disagree with that thinking, especially on the road. You don't get to dictate when they're on the ice. You're going to throw those two out there. They're going to throw their top line out there. Then that top line had them pinned in their zone for two plus minutes. If you're going to do something like that, you at least do it where they're not going to get it exposed and you can put them out on the ice when another team has a line that isn't going to expose your vulnerability on the back end. You know, I always thought that the idea of Romanov and Mayfield would be interesting to see come like playoff time when, you know, the game gets a lot more physical and there's less time and space and two guys like that can, you know, run amok and get away with more than they could during the year. But you can't be having Dobson and Ajo out there. That is a, that's a disaster waiting to happen on the back end. Like they are so they are not equipped to handle assignments in their defensive zone. I mean, they, they make so many mental mistakes as it is to begin with. So to put them two together, that was crazy, which is why they immediately had to kind of get away from it. And they came back to it a little bit and then got away from it again. I think they understood. But one of the things that I was thinking about, like I remember the first year when Trotz was the head coach and the Islanders got off to a really good start. And I forget who on the Penguins was interviewed after a two to one, I think the Islanders won like two to one. Maybe it was even more. It was early in the year, and they said it is. This is a different team to play against. These are the same players, but they are a difficult team to play against. My concern is they're just not a difficult team to play against. They just say, "Okay, let's go back and forth and see who wins out." Well, that's not a recipe with the Islanders personnel for long-term success, you know, I, I hear you. And listen, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, in the rooms here, dissecting the film after games closely to know exactly what Lane Lambert wants this new system of his or hybrid system or a little bit give and take with what they used to do and what it's supposed to be like. Um, but right now, yeah, they've lost that edge in terms of just being this really difficult team to play oh, against. I, I completely God, agree with you. Completely gone. agree with you. So I think what you said, you know, at the start is was my take kind of going into this one way or the other, whether they won or lost uh, here Monday night against Toronto was that winning nine of 11 afforded them time to try to figure this out and start to play more sound hockey night in and night out because they're doing it 
I mean, it's all great traits, the fact that they've been able to come back and win all these games. And, you know, they're not even, you know, they stole, you know, they stole one point and then they stole two points. They've gone to overtime. Each time they've gone to overtime, they come out with, with, they with a win so far this season, right? So they're they're scratching and clawing the points every time they have an opportunity to do. You can so. say what it is; it's luck. Like it's a three on three situation. And tonight, uh, and I mean the three on three no, situation three yeah, could three, go one way or no the other. Any team, no but it's a trend team. that they've been able to come back in third periods. And oh yeah, how, not how luck was their the trend fact last that, year? How was their trend last year in overtime? They lost almost every oh, single last, one oh, they yeah. were in. I'm saying third periods. Team. Third periods though this year, it's hard to say that's luck considering how they've outscored the opponents. You know the Dallas game on Saturday night, notwithstanding. No, I'm talking about overtime. Getting it to overtime and then pulling out a win, like that's 50-50, 50-50. Either you're getting one point or two to come out on the right side of every single one, that's good fortune. Yeah, but They're not, not some get great overtime team, as you could see last year. And they were the horrendous play. shootout team, exactly. so they haven't had to even get into the shootouts yet yeah. so far. Hence, that's exact my exact point about luck. They haven't had to get to the point where they couldn't win a single game last year. So, yeah, they have good fortune to pull. Because remember, if that's how many overtime wins we got now? Three? Mm-hmm. Okay, if those are overtime losses, are we even over 500? And that's the difference, you know? Maybe yeah, eight, eight, and three. There you go. How or would nine, everyone eight, be three. feeling tonight? The, the, the good news is, you know, my thought is that they understand, like, okay, Things aren't going our way out there. I mean, this is a team, most of the members of this team, they went to the Stanley Cup final. I'm sorry, they went to the Eastern Conference final. They were one game from the Stanley Cup final. So they know what it takes to win. They know what it was like getting dominated in some of those series versus playing well and carrying some. They clearly know winning versus losing. Most of them were there pre-trots, then during trots. And now, so... The same way you saw with the St. Louis Blues, who just lost eight games in a row, and now I think they're as long as they held on, they were up 2-1 in the third, are currently on a seven-game winning streak. An experienced team should know what has to be done to turn things around. And the more that they get in these run-and-gun games and see, oh, we're never on the right side of these things, ever. Either we take a lead and blow it, or we're down 4-1 to one or something like that. My thought is that they're going to realize that they're going to have to get back to playing responsible hockey it just seems like i don't know i think they're enjoying their kid in a candy store first quarter of a year where they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want out there <laughs> you know all right we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break on the other side we're gonna talk about some other games that happened during the course of this week and obviously i want to talk turkey with you i want to understand kind of what's the thanksgiving uh day for you coming up on on thursday and the end the weekend and, and your old thoughts on on that so uh joe bono andy francis the eyes on isles podcast. We'll be back right after this. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. 
The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. We're back. Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fansided Sports Network. Joe Bono and Andy Francis with you. And um, now listen, before this game in Toronto, why it felt so big is that after the win in Ottawa, you know, they were looking at losing three games in a row. And, you know, if you were worried after the two and four start and the nine and nine winning nine of 11 made you feel okay, you know, you start losing three in a row. And now you're looking at Edmonton on Wednesday night, you can, you know, like you, like we talked about at the, at the first half of the show, next thing you know, they're going to show that playoff picture come on Thanksgiving day and the Islanders wouldn't be part of it. So let's look at these, just go back quickly at these two games against Nashville and Dallas. The Nashville game was infuriating. I mean, because how so? Because the way they turned it on, like that is so annoying. Like they, how can you night in and night out emphasize the message with a veteran team? If you're Lane Lambert, which I would assume he's doing and it still happened. Like I rather you almost have like not your, like not your night, like not your night. They never win in Nashville. You know, it's a great trip. Everyone should make that trip to Nashville. Just be prepared that the Islanders are going to lose. You know, make sure <laughs> when you actually go to the hockey game that day. But, you know, be there for three days. You'll have an amazing time. You know, so if they would have just lost that game 4-1, 5-2, whatever, fine. You know, you move on and take a loss. You had a bad day at the office. But to, to have that comeback and then have two big mistakes that end up twice end up in your net and then, you know, one penalty towards the end with Barzell pretty much giving you only 50 seconds to come back. I, I was so – I was going to – I started that game being annoyed in one way and I got completely different annoyed based upon the way it ended. You know, it's just, it's tough for me because it's not like you're starting the game at zero, zero when they're mounting those comebacks, other teams who are up three goals. It's the NHL version of a prevent defense. Like you're getting a team in a passive mindset and you're trying to furiously come back. But if that was a tie game, which is why as soon as it went close again, predators score. Like it's, they need to show that they can take over a game when it's even. The only game that stands out to me this year where I go, okay, there's reason to be excited is when they went to Carolina and they, and every line seemed to contribute. Every line had good juice and it was mostly for 60 minutes. I can't think of other games where they had that same level of quality play throughout and if there's something that's infuriating is that i had to watch that game so i had to watch the team that i thought there was a good chance i'd be seeing this year and then i have to wonder when they're randomly going to show up you know and i'm not talking about because i don't any team can give you one hard fought period of hockey so when they have these random third period i'm not that shocked it's okay yeah congratulations you're now desperately trying to catch up in a game that your lackadaisical play dug you into this hole so you have two options either be awful the entire game or at least try to spit out 20 minutes of energetic hockey but i need to see i need to see them control games they don't control the game ever you know it's frustrating. It's frustrating. You want to see them carry the play. 
you know, like the, the first period against the Rangers, uh, the second game, that mm-hmm. was that that was good to me. I mean, they ended up giving up a power play goal, but the first ten minutes of that game—that's what you want to see going into a building. But conversely, like the first game versus the Rangers, you know, you end up winning that game three nothing. It's a game we got like dominated in every facet. But people just go, "Oh, we shut out the Rangers." You have to, you just have to look deeper than that. Yeah, it just it just things like the start though are just really bewildering for me because. You go, you know they're emphasizing it, and you know everyone's saying the right things in the post game from the captain to to the coach, and and yet it's it's just not changing. So it just, you know, it's just very odd that to have that kind of circumstances with a team that you would think obviously know what the problem is, but maybe just human nature just sinks in, and still I don't know, you, you somehow get away with it, luck, whatever you want to call it, and you're picking up points and. For some reason, you don't have to do it. But do, do you remember when the Isles were down? Um, or I'm assuming you remember Game Seven against Tampa Bay, right? I the most recent yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Okay, remember how Period <laughs> One the Islanders came out with absolutely nothing. They came yeah. out with zero. But do you want to know what kept them in the game? The structure. The structure allows them to because at least they took zero penalties the whole time, which allowed you know Tampa's devastating power play to stay off the ice. And at least even though they had no juice they remained disciplined and tried to at least keep the chances to outside chances so that when they find their legs, there's a chance. What you're seeing is the no structure plus the no legs. And that's going to result in four immediate yeah. goals against. And that's, it's, I, I believe that's what you're looking at, but I still confident that there's time to mold it along the way. The New York Rangers couldn't have looked more abysmal in games one through three of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then look how that narrative changes a couple rounds later. You know, uh, because yeah, no, again, Cos- they have they have time. They got it. time to figure yeah. it out. They got time to figure it out. Yeah. And if you're in if you're in playoff position, you're second and third in your division. Uh, clearly, not having figured it out with some really bad underlying stats. Um, maybe that's a maybe that's a positive uh, with sixty uh, some odd games to go. Um, the Dallas game. I'll be honest. I did not watch it. I was at um, I was at the Prudential Center Saturday night. Well, for the, uh, full gear. This was a case of <laughs> the Islanders that you want to see. Well, you're playing tight checking hockey, and then you go up a goal, and then immediately give it back. You score another one, and imme- it's the other part of the Lucy Goose hockey that I hate. So either so even when you take a lead, it can be right. immediately. Sure. Even when you do the things you say that, that you, you, that's you're emphasizing. Mm-hmm. That's why I hate it. Because either it's like, oh, you're down right away because you're playing sloppy, or oh, we got a lead, but the way we play allows the other team to score right away. It's it's infuriating. And then uh, you know, they lost that one. And that's a case where they played a very good defensive team. So we had a lead, gave it up right away. They had a lead, never gave it up. And that's what is going to come. In the second third, or not the second, but especially the final third of a season and going into playoffs, the magic comebacks are over because points are truly at a premium. Teams start to know, like, we can't afford to give up any more points. Teams who are trying to claw their way back in. So they'll be playing the trap halfway through a game. That and Everything's going to be harder to come by. So, like, it's good that they're getting these in during the part of the season where comebacks are most available early in the year but they really need to find out how they're going to sustain success when, you know, that kind of runs dry. So you were, you were home Saturday night watching that game. 
I was watching that because, like I said, I, I haven't been feeling and, okay, great. Okay, you were sick, right? Okay, yeah. nothing else going on. I couldn't even follow the game. I don't know what's going on. The Prudential Center, like, you know, you go to these other new buildings, they all have the, you know, the free Wi-Fi, and everything was locked. Couldn't get I couldn't even, like, I had a friend uh, occasionally be able to get a signal. I saw it was 2-2 going into the third, and I told him, hey, Islanders own third periods, and then we refreshed it 45 minutes later. You know, if there's a catastrophe, we're all finished. If you're ever in a place like the Prudential Center and you need service, the one time you would need it the most, there's zero service available. If you have more than a thousand people in like a you know a, a small confined area, nobody's phone works. So could you imagine there was ever a catastrophe? That's it. Oh. Nobody's phone works. You're all screwed. Yeah. Hope you hope you watch Man vs. Wild. <laughs> I do not. My wife's big into those survivor type stories. I think we're just gonna. You know, we'll be out of luck if, if anything bad happens um, with me. Uh, the, um, the yeah, I mean, you know, and it was obviously a, a professional wrestling event. I was in the NHL suite. A friend of uh, mine works there and uh, got the got the suite. And I normally going on normally trying to AEW uh, had their pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, again, like driving an hour and a half to Newark from Connecticut. But, you know, free ticket, the suite, why not? Figured I'd have high Wi-Fi, be able to stream the Islander game, check in on things, and that did happen. But I got, I got home quite quick. I zipped home. I'm fast. seeing uh, – you want to know what's frustrating to see? The takes of people like, we got a trade for so-and-so. Chip. There's not going to be a damn trade in this oh, league. There happening. might be one trade by one team before, but there's no trades that are going to be made till death. Stop with you. You're just wasting time. Go think of something else. Go buy a Rubik's Cube. No trades are going to be made. So get that out. You have to deal. With what we got, Maybe I don't even know like where where the trade happens with the way the lineup is constructed here. I, I, I mean, well, who's, just, you who, know, who's just trading forget, off? Who's trading the, 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 off? Everybody's the team. Cl- everybody's clamoring for like a forward to replace Villier or Bailey. Um, and trust me, like I, I'm no Josh Bailey fan, but I just also I'm like, okay, look, this is what we have. St- you're wasting time thinking that some random trade is going to be made. There, there's no Bo Horvat coming. Stop your Bo Horvat articles. He's not coming here. They're not, they're not going to be acquiring him. Maybe at the deadline. That's the only time we've ever got people. And that's yeah. what would I mean, happen. Why, again. That's why we have first round picks, right? To trade him at the deadline. Well, look, if you like Romanoff, you, you know, you, you, you it, it, it's got to go both ways. Okay. Trade a first round pick. And then don't get angry when Michael Dell I'm okay with and Wall. I'm okay like, with Romanov. I'm okay with it. I'm still okay with it. I mean, I, you know, we've seen a yeah, it a, happens all the time. A lot. A lot. I mean, even if you look at you know even the ones that have made the NHL with the Islanders and and, and Bellows, who's now maybe a fourth liner on a decimated Flyers team, and you know after the. Uh, Sashnikov moved to to waivers. Everyone was expecting, oh, is this going to be the door open for Simon Holmstrom? And it was like, nope. We just want him to be able to play hockey in Bridgeport. Can I, can I tell you something that I, I've been trying to preach for years, and it's just like people are refusing to say, oh, that's a good idea, and they'll never have a reason why. So when the Islanders were in the quote-unquote, and I'll never believe this because it's a fake narrative, cap crunch to keep uh, Devon Taves, how come we're so, people will willingly give up a first-round pick at the trade deadline for a mediocre rental, but you will not give up a first-round pick to re-sign a player who's going to be crucial to your roster for the foreseeable future. And nobody can give me an answer on why it's okay to trade a first-round pick for 
Kyle Palmieri at the time, not even knowing that he's going to resign, or even if it was Taylor Hall for a playoff run. But it's not okay to give a team a first round pick so that they will take they someone like salary. Andrew Ladd over mm-hmm. your or, or Leo, anybody just to free up. All they needed was like four million to free up four million. No, and people go, oh, that's stupid. That's too-. okay, cool, cool. No one will ever give me a, a, a straight answer on why that's not done. We should be seeing that all the time from teams who are in a cap crunch and who have a really, really good player who they want and, and to a be good, on and, their and, team. and they have a championship window that they're in right there. Like it's hard to like fall short of championships and then kind of contract and subtract a little bit from your roster and still think you're going to be able to get further along. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Especially if this rental is gone. You know, first round pick for three months of play is crazy to me. And When's Tays a free agent? Got two years? Nah, I'm just talking about in general. <laughs> even if it, even if it wasn't that, you know, How there's can they other. Make it up to you? you know, there's other teams like uh, if 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 somebody if um, Minnesota could have just done that with um, um, what's his name who who they let go to the Kings. Uh, Kevin Fiala. If, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, why couldn't they think of a deal to keep somebody who would have been a crucial forward that they clearly could use right now. Anyway, that's just a philosophical non-Islanders thing. So we can, uh, I feel like Devontae's may come, come up at your Thanksgiving Damiel. Do you have, do you have any family that you can talk hockey with? They're like you said, your brother obviously is goaltender. Oh, so it sounds like yeah, you guys my, can talk sports, right? You hang out and you guys can, uh, yeah, my, uh, my family, we're all, we're very big Islander fans. We talk okay. about it all the time. I mean, my brother, we were just watching the game before we, you know, we're mostly I got on nothing. The... I got nobody. I got nobody around the table that wants to talk Islander hockey with me. Well, that's why you're all. doing this. That's why you're doing this. Podcast. I know. I, mean, I, I just needed someone to talk to. <laughs> Basically, that's a, know, that's my a father-in-law thing. wants my father-in-law wants to talk about St. John's basketball. You know, out of oh conference schedule. God, the guy's got season tickets. Um, drives all the way from Westchester to Queens to watch these games. Oh my God! And then once or twice a year, I get the phone call. Hey, big game! St. John's is playing. You know, X at the Garden. Do you want to be there? Meet me at noon. And uh, what does he have a frame? A does he have a frame poster of Chris Mullen? Or, like hey, uh, Chris Mullen bedroom? went to my high school. You got to be careful when you talk about Chris Mullen. It's oh, very no. high school. I got here. no. I got no problems with Chris Mullen. I'm not no, a basketball I mean, guy though, so. Yeah, that's when he got into it, and uh, yeah, he didn't go to St. John's. Neither did any one of his children. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to be able to really talk too much anything um, around the around Thanksgiving. But what is uh, what is your plans? What do you got? What do you have happening on on Thursday? Um, just my my immediate family and a few others going to come over. I have the classic. Um, you know, if, if you're from an Italian family, it's the like Italian American. Thanksgiving where it's like, yeah, we, we have we have turkey and we have this stuffing, <laughs> but yeah, here's some tortellini. Is it anti A yeah. random tray of chicken parm will come out. Yeah. Like just the it's it's full American Thanksgiving plus like classic Italian. Right <laughs> here's it's some uh, yeah, here's a make plant rollatini. Some we stuff, have uh, one peppers. thing that that's always been there for us, and I don't really see it in other families, but it, it's it, with mine. It's synonymous with Thanksgiving potato croquettes, where it's these yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, crusted you know Solid. like ma- mm-hmm. mashed potatoes with the cheese in the middle. Uh, that's so we got that you know the turkey stuffing, and then we're kind of big dessert people too. So we I'm got a big a bunch dessert of, people. Yeah, which which yeah. is your uh, which pie is is uh, the the preference? 
I like pecan pie around this time of year. I yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of that's kind of. I don't like any sort of fruity pies. That's the that's the only pecan mm, pies. Yeah, like cherry the only pies, one. yeah, not for me. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. I'm more of a, I've always been more of like a chocolate guy and and like cakes and and cupcakes and stuff like that. Um, but for pies, I can do I can do some some pecan pies. I can do some, some damage. You got to pace yourself. Obviously, it's interesting with the Italian thing because it was always just normal to me that that was. You know, Thanksgiving was the like you said the the appetizer was like a tray of lasagna or something right before yeah. before turkey. And then, um, you know, my wife's side of the family they're uh, Lebanese, so when I go over there, they have like this like Lebanese take on things. Like I'm having grape leaves and you know hummus, and then, <laughs> and then I go on to the turkey, and I'm like, yeah, this but, is but you know I'm like, oh, this is so weird and strange that you guys have Look, this. Before I get the turkey. to say this, but, and it's not because of bias or anything like that. I've lived in Boston, I lived in L.A., I've been around those Italian dishes are known everywhere. If I cook those, people are going to come over and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, the Italian food, it's it's as synonymous with people as an American, like Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, chicken parm is an American dish. Not Lemke, like I have the Lemke in the, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I, I put on a good face, but actually I have I've gotten this weird routine now. I have two Thanksgivings. Be Thursday, it's on one side, of, and then Saturday I got to go up to outside Albany, and uh, they do we do Thanksgiving again just on the Saturday, just so that you know all sides of the family can see each other. I mean, it's nice. It's a lot of driving. It's a lot of eating, obviously. Well, and I got well, what's two up kids this, in the back. What's up with this Friendsgiving scam? I have a ton of friends, and I never did a Friendsgiving thing my whole life. And everyone's going, "Well, you don't do Friendsgiving. You don't do." Friends. Is that supposed to be on? The Thursday or Wednesday? When, I think that it's to... vague. I think it's any sort of time friends are available before mm. Thanksgiving. You get together and like you know you make some food and you chill well, out, and it's called Friendsgiving. I'm t- I got a lot of close friends, and we never. Well, did I mean, friends. I am, uh, you know, in a past life, the I was you know the uh, you know amateur hour of uh, Thanksgiving Eve, you know, biggest party night out of the year, and I yeah. I'd uh, go out to the city and go out to, uh, you know, Chelsea area or meatpacking district and we get a table you. and, you know, it, you know, how many guys you have? I got four guys and yep. you have uh, two they girls. All right, that'll be, that'll be $300 to get inside. You of know? course, they all and, got uh, button downs and LA looks whole lasers. five hair gel in their hair. Yep. And I then, know uh, you know, we'd, we'd spend lots of money on Grey Goose bottles and mixers and all that all night. And then uh, I take a take a cab back to Marine Park with my parents, go back to my parents' house. <laughs> I want pictures, man. I want to see this you know, I mean, guy. that's 23, 24, 20. That's a long time ago. Man. I don't care. Now, it's, I, I, want now I go pictures. to sleep early. I now I'll be the... watching Islanders Oilers on Wednesday night and, and writing a newsletter. That's, uh, that's the new, <laughs> that's the new uh, Thanksgiving Eve. So what do you? Th- I want you to speak on behalf. You know your listeners more than me, and I also give your listeners full permission to despise me to no end. It's absolutely yeah. I, I, I almost so. feel most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I feel comfortable but, with that too. Yeah, speak on behalf of. So, if they were to tell me, what should I be seeing? What have they seen, and what should I be seeing? What is the overall consensus from them about the team? Like, are they expecting, or do they say, well, you know, it's Carolina. Listen, I think if, yeah, if, if, and... if you're completely just looking at wins and losses and nothing else, yeah, you're, you're, you're not, um, you know, you're whistling through the graveyard a little bit. You know, I think people think that there are positives on the team that maybe we should be talking about more so than others. Such as? Um, Cause I, I want, well, to. we've talked about the goaltender, obviously. Um, I think the fact that, mm, 
I mean, I mean, Nelson has yeah. been very solid. Yep. Andrews Lee continues to score goals. I mean, Barzell's season is very interesting in terms of yes. what we talked about. You wrote right. You you said it right. He's 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 um, a goal producer, and that's more important than being a goal scorer. And he's on a point per game average. If not, had another assist here today. So I think they're yes. talking about those positives. I think they think they're going to yep. figure this other stuff out, and that it's it's not you know something that they need to uh, you know be overly concerned about. That they have faith in this group that when push comes to shove, they're going to, they're going to tighten things up. Yeah. Um, and but you want to see it first. Uh, yeah. I want to reiterate. I said that I, I believe before this year, I believe they're going to have a top 10 offense in the league. Now remember from everything that everyone clamoring for all these players and Kadri and this, that, and the other, I said, this team, I had faith in them to be a top 10 offense, assuming they were not in the trot system. It would probably come at the expense of the defense, which it has. But I said, the way Sorokin's been trending the last two seasons, we're going to have to rely on him through the first part of the year until we find our identity. And there's actually a video of me saying that, so I'm not just making this up. You can look at it. And that's apparently exactly what's happening. Now, they just have to come through on that second half of until they find their identity. So please, because we're, you know, I, I believe a long part of the season is just blah. But once you start to get to like game 40, I would say, we better know who you are. So you got about 20 games left till because you can't get to the halfway point where it's like, no, no, we're, we're, we're figuring it out. You kind of got to know at that point what kind of team you are. Yeah. And that's and what, uh, before. Um, now, what if I just before we get going, what if we were doing the uh, what if this was the uh, devil's podcast right now? You'd be you'd be through the moon. You'd be so excited, right? You wouldn't be pointing any negatives would, out. Maybe. <laughs> well, I would say, well, if I had just my like I told you, many of my critiques come because I always think and I think this is where we maybe collide a little bit. I feel like you guys look on the micro level and I'm always looking macro. I always, because I, like I said, I know these comebacks don't happen in playoffs. I know it. It's just impossible year after year. It's impossible to come back at this rate in the playoffs when you're playing quality competition. So when I see that I'm discouraged because I know it means nothing. It only means that, all right, cool. We're getting these points. So when I get frustrated, it's because of the goal that I have in mind. Yes, if you want me to sell it, we got those points when we were down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I want them to win, and that's what I'm talking about. If I was, if I was, Devils, I would say my only concern. It, my first year with the Islanders, I said the fact that we made the playoffs and won a round is huge. That's what I'd be focusing on. Like this right. is great. We we got up to such a big lead that we can even play 500 hockey in the second half of the season, which. There is a chance that that could happen. We don't know how all these players are going to respond. But when we get to the playoffs, let's let's try to give our team experience of what it's like and maybe win yeah, a with series. That. That, that's what my – you ha, it's all about where you're at. We're a team who went to back-to-back -to -back conference finals, had an awful year, and are trying to give that team one more chance. They're a team, perennial failures. If we saw our team in the gutter year after year after year and we got to this start, there's reason to be very excited. But still, what I would say is the only awful part about it is if you're if our season is represented by peaks and valleys, you know for a fact there's not going to be a peak higher 
than right now, a 12 game winning 13, streak. 13 game winning or, streak. And I went back, you know, uh, back in 2019, 2020, the Islanders had that 17 game point streak, 15, 0 and two. And by the time the season got paused, they had lost those seven games in a row and they were kind of outside of the playoffs somehow. And actually never, someone pointed out, they never were in first place in the division during that 17 game point streak. So a lot of season left well, to play. That but was, I'm excited for the, I have devil fan friends. I'm excited for them. I think it's, I think it's great. It's great that that building is uh, electric right now. Maybe not as electric as it was on Saturday night for professional wrestling, um, but it's a fun place to be. And um, what's, when did wagon start by the way, everything's about the wagon. Well, you're saying like the what the devils are. Uh, devils are a wagon, wagon. Right I think I think I think if you say yeah. wagon to some people, they think you're just like a bandwagon fan, not like you're a fair weather guy just jumping no. on. But that's what it, it means something else. And I don't I don't remember it being no. used any other circles other than hockey. I don't know when it started. I don't dislike Last it at all. Of years. I don't yeah, but who? Where? Where did it come from? You know, it's the it's a hockey players Canada? slash slash bar stool spitting chicklets like it's them? It okay it's, it's, maybe it's, it was it's, them like I played NHL every single year every single year from 1992 the first one all the way to I retired in about 2009 2010 right around that part no one ever called it Chell nobody called it Chell no one and I played buckets of NHL I still call it NHL. But now, so many people call it Chell that the commercial says, either. are you just, playing Just Chell? the game? Just when you play the game, it's the Chell. No, or not Chell. Chell. It's called Chell. So now you sound like, oh, the, you sound like um, <laughs> Bernie Sanders saying, oh, the YouTube, check the YouTube. Um, uh, I, I got to go back to like Sega Genesis 93, 94. Not the biggest video but game no, guy. Like there's hockey, Whatever that there's was, hockey. the Chell. When I was growing up, uh, they never called hair flowing out the side of your hat and helmet lettuce. That's a great, like they got some good ones. They got it's some just, good ones. I just don't, yeah. I feel like I had heard it in the peripheral and maybe because now it's the metro area team that's the wagon. I just, it's just every, it's everywhere right now. And I guess I could start to like the 9-10 game win streak point. Then you become, um, you know, the uh, a wagon, the wagon, et cetera. I just, I don't remember the origin the, of the wagon. Yeah, they're, <laughs> well, just think about it. Like I'm thinking. I always thought of like a, a wagon cart, you know, once it gets going on the tracks, like, you know, it's, it's, it's coming through like that. That's what they mean. It's like a, it's like, a, it's like a moderation of, uh, I mean, wagons are train. not necessarily the most like intimidating thing. Like I think like the radio flyer, like it's, you know, you really like dodging a wagon. I mean, <laughs> Oregon Trail. I don't know what's you know. Well, you know what? I'm not thinking. Of, it's funny. I'm not thinking of one of those Volkswagen Beetle. I had. Yeah, there's something more to it. I got to do yeah. some research after the after the after we hang up here and, and you know, figure out the origin lot, story it's here. Carrying a lot of goods on it. I think that's like I think like but the thing is like the idea of like you want to get onto the wagon right that's the bandwagon but the bandwagon has like a negative connotation and this has a very positive connotation that your team is just flying right now well, and just that word killing. band it's the band part of it that's how you, you, you want to get on with the, 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 the all those extra you know people trying to get in together on it the band yeah the wagon part you want to we got can, can podcasts team. become a wagon can we become a wagon well the well we better we better uh hey listen i'm gonna have to keep you relatively youthful okay <laughs> you know <laughs> We can't turned, be. Hey, we can't be those. This year. We can't be those two old men yeah. saying the I mean, YouTube those... and the wagon. So you ask me, and I'll I'll fill you in. Okay. 
<laughs> yes, Wagon is uh, a, a, I'm just trying to think of a, the older term. Maybe the we needed we needed a term to describe somebody. It's like you're a powerhouse, you're hot, and it's like all those rolled into one. It's like you're you're a powerhouse, a juggernaut. They're a wagon. No, listen, I could I could I could deduce what they were trying to say. Just yeah. more of the origin story for me. You know, like right, why well, the wagon? Why not the uh, the caravan, the uh, the chariot? Okay. Here's, you know, here's your the, Seinfeld. Why is it a wagon? <laughs> the push, why is it the push cart? You know, I mean, <laughs> maybe the Islanders right now are a push cart. That's uh, yeah. If yeah. if I was a devil, remember those are two two different teams with two different circumstances. Um, I would Here. imagine these Islander fans have pretty high expectations of a team that they saw almost get to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, I, I we're going longer now than I expected, but like so when that when the Devils like handled, like they weren't even a wagon at this point. They were I don't know what they were one of those Trader Joe things that you you you, you roll out to the, yeah. the store right to, to bring yeah, your groceries home. Part. When they when they rolled the Islanders at the at uh, UBS Arena, I got a text from a friend of mine who's a Devil fan. He goes, "Would you trade the Devils roster for the Islanders roster right now?" And I posted that on Twitter. A question. And everyone pretty much said no because of the goaltending. I just wonder how people would feel about it. The same question was asked now. Everybody's a prisoner of the moment. That's what I would say. Like you Forward just said, about, pretty special. Uh, they, and they got are. guys coming too. So let's see. We could table that. We could table that. Maybe it's a good. Maybe you can talk about it amongst your Islander fan fam, family friends um, at Thanksgiving and bring that question up. I'll talk St. John's basketball uh, with my father-in-law and we'll uh, see. see what he thinks about it. All I have is the game the season's not 20 games long like you said okay. the, the islanders had an unbelievable start and then they were out of the playoff race but listen as, get a loose um, wheel on that wagon you know rusty once said in oceans 11 <laughs> in this town your luck can change that quickly my friend and trust me it absolutely can so um it's i still i still have a good i still have a good disposition it's pretty interesting that people think if you think this is my bad disposition oh just wait until they actually start <laughs> mailing it in for 60 minutes and don't well get listen result. uh thank you josh bailey thank you anthony bovillier for the win because this could have been a very very different uh podcast if uh, the islanders were lost not for uh, me. quietly two one yeah maybe because yeah, you're macro because you're macro i'm micro i would have been all upset you're macro so yep. you would have been yep all right. Well, we'll leave it there. Andy, happy Thanksgiving to uh, yourself and the Francis clan. Um, we'll do this again next week. All right. All right. Same to you, my man. Uh, enjoy it with your family. And I want to see those pictures of you waiting at the front door <laughs> of a club. There were barely the any West digital phone, barely digital cameras at that point. I'll see. What I know I can. you got them. My mom might have uh, developed something. Uh, and I want to see the them CBS. as your, I want to see them as your default on Twitter. too. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for us here on the Eyes on Isles podcast. For Andy Francis, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next week, Islanders country. Good night. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.